Blog Talk Radio. Please stay tuned for Brandon's Buzz. I'm Joan Van Ark, and the buzz is on Tuesday. So if you feel that you just can't take it, and your world isn't what it seems, don't forget that life can be what you make it, baby, when you live on a street of dreams. Hey, this is Nia Peoples, and you're with Brandon's Buzz. Place to be. Hi, this is Peggy Scott Addison. Guess what? I am buzzing with my man Brandon on Brandon Buzz. This is Michael Brainerd on Brandon's Buzz. Are you Buzz? This is Maya Bialik, and you are lucky enough to be listening to Brandon's Buzz. Hey guys, and welcome to Brandon's Buzz. It's June 2nd, 2009. It's 5.30 p.m. here in Texas, 6.30 out on the East Coast, 3.30 out in sunny California, and you're back with Brandon's Buzz. I have a great show today and some great shows lined up for the next couple of weeks, which I'll tell you about later in the show. Um, this, is a, this is a fun show today, and it's a special, unique collaboration with uh, a great gal by the name of Courtney who runs a great online magazine called Fanvasion. You can find it at fanvasion.com. And she and her sister, uh, Nellie, also run the, uh, the great One Tree Hill fan site, OneTreeHillWeb.net. And we are collaborating today on a special show. I want to bring her on the air, my special guest co-host today, Courtney. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well, and I'm very excited about this. This is going to be a great uh, show, I think. So am I. I'm so excited. I want to thank you for for uh, teaming up with me on this, and, and hopefully it'll be the first of many such collaborations. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. So we're still waiting on our guests to call in. Uh, we can make some small talk, I suppose. Okay. That's too uh, so, great. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, I've been, I've been catching up with your, with your magazine, Fanvasion, and I want to, anybody who's listening to this, I want to encourage you to check out the two websites. It's fanvasion.com and it's onetreehillweb.net. Uh, and even though One Tree Hill is in is in reruns for the for the summer, uh, there's some great stuff going on over there at the website that you can check out, and uh, you know daily updates and stuff like that. And I understand that Fanvasion is undergoing a a renovation for a relaunch later this summer. Can you tell us anything about that? Oh, I don't want to give out like too many details because we want to keep it as like under lock and key as possible. But it okay. it does relaunch on um on July 4th. Wow. So. So everything's going to be new, though. So we're really we're doing a lot of interviews, doing a lot of, like special specials that are coming up. I don't I don't want to say too much because I don't. Okay. Want to, <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be awesome, though. It's going to be the best fan invasion so far. <laughs> Tell us about the history of it, though. How did how did it get started? Well, um, my sister and I, we both grew up in like a very musical family. Like my parents were in the, the music business and we were always kind of, we were always surrounded around it, like um, new artists and helping promote artists. And I think it was in 2001, in 2000, 2001, we were helping some local groups in the New York, New Jersey area. And they started getting a lot of buzz about them. So we were just like, oh, let's just think of a new way of how we can get fans more connected to their favorite stars because, you know, you can only tell them so much about someone before like you can have them talk about their history and yeah. I don't know I'm going to sound like too boring about it, but you know you know what I mean and um so we we started the magazine and it's pretty much took off there we do interviews and spotlight new artists 
contest giveaway. We focus on a lot of like the fashion trends. It's kind of gradually moved out of music to television and movies and fashion and all that as well. That's so cool. So it's 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 pretty wide ranging in terms of your target demographic, I guess. Oh yeah, and it's not just a, it's not just like a teen magazine. Like it doesn't focus on like yeah. teen groups like a lot of magazines sure. do late, like lately. So we we have something for everybody that we try to put in there. That's great. Well, July fourth, fanvision.com. I encourage you to check it out. And in the meantime, you can check out the old the the, the older uh, version of Fanvision, which is still up. And there's all kinds of great interviews and articles and and uh, all sorts of things. They they've really done a great job putting this together. Well, thank you. <laughs> and and of course, you know, I mean, you were on the show. You and your sister Nellie were on the show a couple months ago talking about OneTrioWeb.net, which is one of my favorite websites. It's 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 really one of the greatest fan sites I've ever seen. It's it's hard to believe that it's not the official site for the show because it's so thorough and so comprehensive in terms of the information it gives out, uh, interviews with the stars, music information, you know, all sorts of things. It's 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 a really really great site, and you guys should be really proud of it. Well, thank you. We are, we are really proud of it. And I think it's even, like, I remember someone actually told us before, they're like, oh, this is so gone beyond a fan site. It's like a little One Tree Hill world in, uh, in here. And um, I guess if I, if if it wasn't my website, like if I were on the outside, like on the side of it, I would probably, I would like it. I don't know. <laughs> like, I would be like, you, you find, like, we p- try to post as much information as possible. And whatever we can't find, we always make sure we do. And then we put it on there for other people who can't find it. So, it's like Google for Montreal. It's really incredible, and it's and it's clear the the passion you put into it and the the work you put into it in terms of you know getting all the information out there, especially the music information, which is, you know, the the show plays some plays some pretty obscure, pretty you know new bands that not a lot of people know about, and it's a great resource to to get that kind of information. Oh, thank you. Well, yeah, if you want to get your music heard on One Tree Hill, like if you want to get your music heard, definitely go on One Tree Hill because. <laughs> Mark Schwann and Lindsay Wolfington are so passionate about the music they play, and even I've gotten into so many artists because of that. Uh-huh. And and the people who watch the show are equally passionate about that kind of thing. I mean, my, I, I was talking about my, my best friend, Sherry Ann, who is the biggest fan of that show ever. <laughs> um, you know, some, so many of her favorite artists, Jimmy Eat World and, and uh, uh, Kate Vogel and Michelle Featherstone, I mean, you know, they, they – uh, have risen to prominence based on their music being played on that show. Oh, yeah. That's already happening with um, Kim Taylor. Her song was heard in the season finale this year, and her like her career is already, like, fans are flocking to her right now because the song was really good. So many artists. Like, even Elvis Costello, which is such a legendary <laughs> artist, his song gets played, and I think it was, like, downloaded, like, severely on iTunes that night. <laughs> I was, it was insane. <laughs> But I was excited Elvis Costello play. I'm such an Elvis Costello fan. It's ridiculous. <laughs> well, I tell you what, we have a great show lined up today, and and uh, I want to tell you a little bit about our guest. He's the very embodiment of a young journeyman actor. He came out of college with a degree in architecture, but fell into a life in the theater. And his growing base of fans are all the better for it. Probably best known for his semi-regular role as Tim Smith on the CW's One Tree Hill. He is currently wreaking havoc as Sly Lab Tech Kyle Lewis on ABC's classic soap One Life to Live. And in a unique collaboration with the online magazine Fanvasion and the ultimate fan site, OneTreeHillWeb.net, which we've been talking about. He's come by the buzz this evening to discuss his life, his evolving career, and his stints on two of the country's most popular television series. Please welcome to my show today the terrific Brett Claywell.
Brett, are you there? Hi, I'm going to connect Brett in one second. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> Don't you love live radio? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's playing like, uh, like with Jeopardy music. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I keep thinking I need like a drum roll or, or a sound of applause or something. <laughs> Live radio. Okay. See, usually it goes much smoother than this. <laughs> I like to give off the the the, the uh, illusion that I'm a professional talk show host. So, <laughs> and for my next <laughs> trick. <laughs> we should definitely get some music for this. Maybe it's a bit of a technical difficulty or something. I hear voices in the background. That's that's an encouraging sign. <laughs> that's thinking positively. <laughs> Sorry, guys. We're just trying to get his cell phone in the right spot. He'll be one more second. Excellent. Okay. Thank you. Well, I'm sure the fans are all listening very patiently. <laughs> yes, and the phone line's already lit up. I've already got four people on the line. Really? Yes. Dedicated fans. Yes. That's what I like to see. As I told you, I've been tweeting my fingers off all day long trying to promote the show, and and I have a, a big banner up at my website, and you have a big banner up at your website, so. Yeah, oh, yeah. So that was like a delay. Like, I heard part of that. <laughs> Yeah, um yeah, we have um we have a the little could I be more tongue tied right now? We have the banner up on our website, we've been tweeting. Oh, by the way, Nellie says hello. So Yes, I, I saw her in the chat room and I, I gave her a shout out, so <laughs> shout out to Nellie. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's not having it that big. You guys of are on with Brett. Hi, Brett. Hi, Brett. Hello. Hey, Hi. Brett. <laughs> Welcome to Brandon's Buzz. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing wonderful. I'm doing. It's a beautiful sunny day in Los Angeles, so I'm doing great right now. Yeah, it's 96 degrees here in Texas. It's steaming hot, but it's a pleasure to have you on the show. My name is Brandon, and I want to introduce you to my special guest co-host, Nellie, or Courtney, rather. I'm sorry, Courtney. Oh, hi, Brett. Hello, nice to meet you, Brett. Hi. And nice her sister Nellie's in the chat room, and she says hi as well. Hello. So um, uh, let's get the boring stuff out of the way first. Where were you born? Where were you raised? Where did you go to school? I was born in Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, I was raised in Greensboro. The, the first time I actually ever lived outside of uh, North Carolina was when I moved to L.A. Um, I went to school at – I went to college in North Carolina State University, and then – um, right after college, about a year later, is when I, I started with Dawson's Creek, and then I booked One Tree Hill, and 
the rest of the, my, my career so far. And did you always know you wanted to be an actor? I mean, was it always something that was that was uh, clear to you? I mean, I, I know that you you graduated with a degree in architecture, so so I'm wondering I'm wondering when you when you knew that this was this was what you wanted. I was um, I've been in theater since I was a, a young child. Started with Greensboro Community Theater, and then I I did a competition theater in high school. I auditioned and and was selected to be in a troupe at a Weaver. Weaver Education Center in Greensboro, North Carolina, which is kind of a magnet school for all the Guilford County schools where I grew up, that they could all go there to take specific classes like marine biology and things like that that weren't offered at their school, and they had a great theater program. I auditioned and got in their theater competition. We finished second second in the state uh, for that. Then I got a minor in theater in college, and I was doing Romeo and Juliet my senior year, and my professor pulled me into his office about two weeks before I was going to graduate and um, said that he thought I should try this for a living. And I kind of considered it. And I had an architecture job that I'd been working at for a year while I was a senior. And I went in and I quit my job and I moved to Wilmington. And I, I thought that, you know, you only get one shot, so I might as well follow my dream. And it, it kind of all happened about two weeks before I graduated college. Wow. So I, I never actually seriously considered it, and it just it just kind of I'm kind of a spontaneous person, so I decided to move to Wilmington to try you know to start out in a small um, small market, and One Tree Hill just came along, and wow, it it, it ended up being the the perfect choice, I guess. And before you um, were on One Tree Hill, you actually made a guest appearance on Dawson's Creek, right? Yes, I, uh, I actually did. I filmed three episodes of Dawson's Creek, but only uh, only one of those aired. I I filmed one, and uh, it was with James, and they never used the scene. And then I I did another one that they used, and then I actually booked the finale, the series finale of Dawson's Creek at the same time that I booked the pilot of One Tree Hill, and I couldn't do both, so I didn't get wow. to be in the finale of Dawson's Creek. Oh wow! But you know, One Tree Hill has become one of the roles you're most known for, because um, for playing James Lafferty's character Nathan as friend, um, you played yeah. him for three seasons on the show, and then you kind of, you know, for lack of a better word, you vanished from the show. You know, was that decision your decision not to continue in the role after season three? Um, I think it's, it's actually ironic because I just had lunch with three of the writers. Um, <laughs> the it, it was the decision for me not to come back to that show after three seasons was. Um, I, I think based on, on part on where the, the direction of the show was going in, and then also after the fir- after the first season, I moved to Los Angeles to because I because I started in North Carolina, so I was working on a show, and I'd done 18 episodes the first season, but no one in Los Angeles knew who I was. I mean, it, it was it's 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 an in- interesting industry because you can be on television, but people need personal relationships, and the only way to to begin that is to move out here. And I think that's kind of when the the whole I was hired as a local actor and it was a, and it was a good situation for both of us and when I decided that I needed to try to further my career as much as possible it just became less feasible for the show and for what the show wanted out of the character it became less feasible for them to keep me around. Wow. So I right. think it was a combination of both of me understanding the decision I needed to make was to move to LA and then making the decision that that they they needed to go a different direction. 
Well, well, you did actually come back though in season five for an appearance, and we found out, you know, I that. Did. Yeah, but you Tim had married Bevan. You know, you had to film the scene with all of the, the girls on the show. That was really interesting. <laughs> that was great, and I, and I enjoyed working. I mean, I hadn't seen Sophia in a long time. I hadn't seen Hillary in a while. I really enjoyed getting to know uh, Kate and Michaela, and Michaela's doing great work on uh, on her show she's on right now, and... You know, I, I hear Kate on the radio all the time, so that was that was a fun. That was one of my favorite episodes I've ever filmed. Just being in the in the library with all those girls for a few days, it was fun. <laughs> it was definitely one of the standout episodes of season five. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Absolutely, it was, I think, it was I think fun, and it was. Uh, and I, I definitely think my rap was probably the best moment of the entire history of the show. I think. <laughs> oh yeah, we're we're watching watching the episode and just you strolling in, just like the the camera moving up from your feet. We were like, oh my gosh, she's back! It was so great. <laughs> That's great. That's funny. It was a lot of fun to film, and it was kind of like it was kind of like a reunion for me. So it was, it was just it was just fun times. Have you um, stayed in touch with anyone from the show? I have a little bit. Like I said, I just had uh, I just had lunch with three of the writers, Johnny Norris and Mike Harrow and David Strauss. And um, I keep in touch with them a lot because, I mean, they were good friends when the show first started. And I actually had drink, um, I met Lee, out, Lee Norris out two weeks ago in New York when he was in town. And I saw James Lafferty um, this last week. So I, 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 uh, I run into him more often than not. It's, uh, I mean, I've kind of gone my, my different direction from the show, so I don't keep in contact as much as I'd love to, but I have nothing but affection for everybody on that show. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, Was it always the plan? It's, it's definitely a, a huge part of my life, and it's definitely something I'll always appreciate that, that was a part of my life. Was it always the plan that you would be a semi-regular on that show, or did it just kind of evolve into that? Um, it, it kind of evolved into that. I, uh, from everything that I've been told and I understand, Tim was only supposed to be in the pilot. And originally, the, the thing that I always laugh at is in the, in the pilot when I read the script, it said Tim, he, Tim was basically supposed to be a very tall, muscular, uh, power forward on a basketball team. <laughs> so they had actually already made the uniform, and if you see the first season, my, my uniform in basketball is actually a little baggy because it was made for like a 6'5 person. <laughs> but they ended up casting me, and then when I actually... The audition part was funny because when I actually went in an audition, it was so late because I was in Texas, and um, the the girl I was dating at the time, her, I came back because she was having um, some uh, her, some of her family was going through some things, so I came back to visit her, and that's the only reason I actually auditioned, and they actually had someone else's headshot up under Tim because um, they were about to cast someone, and I was so last minute, and I found out. I think we started, we had our table read on Tuesday, and I found out I got the part on a Monday, and I'd just come back into town the Thursday before. It happened really, really quickly. Wow. So it's, it's fast. kind of even a fluke that I became Tim, because I wasn't even in town when they were auditioning for the character. Oh, I guess it all worked out great, though, for all of us and for <laughs> it you. Did. It worked out great. I, I definitely I definitely am, am one that believes in destiny in life and in signs and in, and, and just that everyone kind of has a path and if you listen and if just random things will happen to guide you where you're supposed to be and 
the random things happened to bring me back to Wilmington to audition, and this is, you know, it, it all led me to where I'm supposed to be. You know, talk talk about One Tree Hill a bit. You know, I don't want to oversell it, but you know, it's not Shakespeare. It's it's a young adult driven drama series. I mean, you know, it, it's let's let's <laughs> let's call it what it is. But you know, when I watch that show. It's clear to me instantly that the people who put it together, the actors, the writers, the producers, everybody, uh, do so with a great deal of passion, and that's a feeling that I don't often get from you know, a great many other shows. Can you kind of speak to that a little bit? Um, exactly what? Um, can you clarify that one more time? Uh, you know, when I watch the show, it's clear that it's put together with a great deal of passion. You can tell in the music, yeah. you can tell in the acting. It's it, it's just it puts off a different feeling than other shows to me, and I'm wondering if you can yeah. if you can speak to that a little bit. Um, well, the creator Mark Schwann, he he put a lot of there's a lot of personal things to him. I think in the show, I think the show is his his baby. He's a he's a small town boy from from a small town in Illinois, and this is a, a small town story. And and I know that the mouth character is actually based off a lot of his experiences of himself and I, I think that's when you do a show like say Fringe or Dollhouse which I was a part of or things like that that are more fantasy there's you're creating a fantasy world I, I think that Mark's intention the whole time was to create any small town that any person in this country could be living in and, and dealing with the same problems that any teenage kid but at the same time any adult could be going through. I mean, I, I just glanced on the other day that I hadn't seen was one of the, the episodes right after the high school shooting, which I believe was, I, I really think, underappreciated in terms of, of you know, the things that were on television that year because I think that was a great episode and a great storyline. and sure was. It, it wasn't given enough credit. And I watched Moira Kelly's performance with Paul Johansson in uh, in an office, and I watched what more her her performance and what was going on. It was just such a real, honest moment between uh, a, a, a man who maybe had lost his brother and had never ever said all the things he wanted to say, and maybe not been the man he wanted to be to his brother, and a woman who'd lost the love of her life who never actually got to say all the things she might have wanted to have said. And when you're making when you're making storylines that are that real that people can relate to. Uh, I just I just think a lot of a, a lot of um sincerity is put into the writing of the show. I mean it it is it is it is C W and it and it is One Tree Hill and they are writing for for a certain demographic. But I believe that the emotions and the intentions behind everything that's written are very genuine and I think they're really trying to, to affect people. And I, I know that Moira that day really affected me. I, I think she's one of the greatest actresses I've worked with ever. Absolutely. Oh, Moira's and, you amazing. Know, you know, the the great point you make is that this show really does a great job of, of depicting all the generations, the adults, the kids, the the young adults. I mean, it's 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 really great the way they work everybody into the story. Yes, and, and they've always, I mean, we started with such a huge cast, and that's that's probably part of the reason that Tim just couldn't stay around either is, I mean, they started with seven adults, I think, and like eight, eight uh, started with seven adults and like eight, you know, high school kids, and it was just such a large cast. But that was the reason, was it so they could touch, you know, every different level, every different demographic. Yeah, you're absolutely and then you have right. Skills, so that even <laughs> skills even touches more on that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, but and even with um with when he when Mark fast forwarded the the four years into the future, because Tim was gone from season three when you were able to come back season five, it really felt like we hadn't seen you like since high school, and then you come back. So that. <laughs> <laughs> The reason I enjoyed doing that, too, is I got to come back as a a little bit of a different Tim. You know, after four years, the thing that was great to me is you get to come, you know, me as an actor, one, the part of what's been, you know, that's still a part of me in my career and and something that's fun is I, I was kind of defined as that and being able to stretch out and show the other things that I can do as an actor are enjoyable and that was that was the most fun part about coming back as Tim that time because even though as you grow older you keep certain parts of your personality until you die, there's certain parts of you that evolve and mature and, and learn and grow and it was nice to see Tim come back and and to be able to show that and to kind of be able to show show the girls in the library and also the audience that you know, that that he's come a long way. <laughs> Oh, oh, definitely. And, you know, we'd love to see, you know, how Tim and Nathan are together again. So, you know, with Chad Hillary leaving um, this sixth season, the, when the show starts again this fall, I'm sure there's going to be a lot to put in on the Broken Haley and Nathan characters now that Nathan signed with the NBA. Do you think it's a possibility Tim could, you know, reemerge? If, if Mark asked, would you be up for it? Um, I definitely I, I definitely would say that it was never 100% my choice that I wasn't um, – that, that I that I that I didn't remain on the show any longer. Um, I think if if they ever wanted me to come back, I think I'd be very willing to listen. I mean, I, I do have a commitment now to a different show um, on ABC, and and I would have to honor that commitment. But at the same time, there's Dollhouse, and that's coming back for a second season, and One Tree Hill. I, I would I, I think as an actor, and right now in this in this time, it, it would be a shame for any actor to turn down any work. And I love, I loved a lot of my memories on One Tree Hill, and I definitely owe One Tree Hill an incredible amount of gratitude. And I think I'd, I would love to come back and reunite with James. I haven't worked with James in years. It would be a, I think it'd be a very interesting dynamic to see what an older grown-up Brett is like around an older grown-up James, or an older grown-up Tim is around an older grown-up Nathan. I think it'd be a very interesting dynamic. Well, before we, we move on to your, your other shows um, about One Tree Hill, you know, were there any embarrassing or maybe interesting, funny moments that happened behind the scenes of the show? Because I'm sure fans would love to hear about that. <laughs> there are many, many, many embarrassing moments that happened behind the scenes. Uh, a lot of times when James and I were working together, we, we, would, we would end up laughing. If I, it's been so long ago that to, to think of something that I actually could say in an interview is probably harder than think of the things I could say outside of interviews. <laughs> the memories you have are not ones you want the whole world to know. <laughs> um, Lord, I, I really can't think of anything. I, I think one of my, my greatest memories is, is one of my most interesting, I guess, is I have pictures of uh, Mark Schwann and Joe Devola, our producers, and Brian Greenberg, who uh, played Jake, and Gavin DeGraw, before Gavin had even really broken. It was our first Christmas party, our first season. They were all on stage, and Joy um, sang the White Stripes' uh, Seven Nation Army. Oh. And, and Mark, and Mark Schwann played the guitar and sang, and, everybody, and it was an amazing performance. 
And it was just all the people on the show. It was that's one of my greatest memories. Mark Schwann playing Seven Nation Army with Brian Greenberg. Uh, oh, Christmas wow. party first season. That was one of my greatest memories because Mark is a very good musician. He's actually well, he a very always, good guitar player, and he's he's a good musician. Yeah, he always said that he wanted to start a band and stuff. So that's I bet that was cool. And that's always his joke. You'll ever, if you ever say some weird combination of words together, he'll. And that was his. That's my memory of Swan. Is that his joke was always, "That's the name of my high school band." What's <laughs> 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 coming out of your mouth? will say that was the name of my high school band. <laughs> Well, and you can tell by watching the show that he loves music. He loves it. He loves music, and that, and and One Tree Hill can be accredited to a lot of. I mean, they've had from everyone from Sheryl Crow to Gavin to to uh, who else did they have? I mean, I, I can't Jimmy even. Jimmy World. Jimmy yeah, World. Exactly. I love that group, and they, they've had everybody. So it's been a. They've been very intelligent with how they've sculpted that show um, with with the tour. Um, I remember I introduced Gavin on stage, at, and now Gavin are really good friends. But I introduced him on stage at the Wil at the Wiltern in L.A. and the tour they had, and the mall tour, and the music, and how they put out the CDs. They've really been conscious of how they of their pop pop culture identity, I guess. Oh yeah. And I think it will always be remembered as the the show that it it was always relevant. It always stayed relevant. And a lot of things that come through the you know, like 90210 did in the, in the very beginning, the you know, 15, 20 years ago, or however long it was ago, they were always relevant. They were trying to push the edge. They were trying to do something different. They were trying to step out of the box. And One Tree Hill has done that. With, I mean, how many TV shows have a have a concert tour? Oh, I know. They, <laughs> even, they really did. They really. One. They really do reach out to the fans. I don't think there's that many. Tel- I don't think there's any television show that has that much of fan interaction. Exactly, and that's and that's part of, you know, at one thing you can call this uh, you can call this an artistic experiment. You can call it an, an artistic endeavor as a television show, but the other other side is it, there's, there's this very smart business model that Schwann had, and it and it was it was co- combining the needs of 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 an audience and the desire to do something you know artistic and that you're proud of, and he, he's always made the show relevant, but he's also always made it accessible. doesn't matter where you live in the country. If you wanted to meet one of your favorite actors from One Tree Hill, there probably was an opportunity to do it. And, and that, that's something that's really special, and I think all of the actors should be commended on for their, their willingness to, um, to, to be open to the fans and the musicians, and, and, and Mark for, for making that possibility available. Mark always does it big. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He has big ideas, and and uh, I mean, what what can you say? His show has been on the air for 160 episodes. Uh, you, you Amazing. Can't say a thing. <laughs> well, you know, you you were talking Amazing. a bit about you were talking a bit about Dollhouse. Um, you made an appearance on on that show. What what was your character? You know, I, um, what did you play on that? Um, I was in the pilot. My uh, my character's name was Matt. I. In the pilot, I was hired by, or actually hired Eliza Dushku's character, and it was a high-class date, and uh, I get to ride. Eliza, Eliza was my first, um, I guess, sex scene on camera, um, <laughs> and and I, I rode the Cotties in, in downtown L.A. with Eliza, and it was wow. like a high-class, extensive date um, that was the first opening of the show, and then they brought me back for the fifth episode also. Will you be coming back? 
for they, – they're, they're doing another season of here. I definitely they are. Um, I'm not sure. I haven't ever – I haven't spoken to Joss, um, you know, since I was on set. I've spoken to Eliza every now and then. I'd, I'd love to come back, but it's, it's only if it fits in the model of the show. And considering it's a sci-fi show, if, if she has room to have a love life, I think it would be amazing. Because I think there's something really great, and what I loved about the pilot, the, the, the part in the pilot is – Josh created this this beautiful idea of what if a girl fell in love and then her memory got erased. I mean, it's 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 almost it's almost the the Notebook, but it's in a sci-fi thing. And so I, I really was intrigued with the idea of being in love with a girl who never remembered you. You know, the fifty first dates kind of thing. So I was really intrigued yeah. with that. And, and if that's the route they go with this 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 storyline, I'd love to go back. Yeah, I was thinking 50 First Dates when you said that, too. <laughs> and I, when I worked with Sean uh, right after that movie. I did final season with Sean Aston, and he was talking about his audition for that character. He did in his basement one night. He didn't want to throw in the tape, and finally he just threw the tape in and did that character. He just was inspired one night, and he just did it in his basement, sent the tape off, and, like, three weeks later, he got a call, and it was Adam Sandler saying, hey, you want to come film the movie? He just He never even knew he was going to do that part. And I think Sean Addison's character in that movie was classic, one of the classic comedic roles. Hilarious. <laughs> Funny. A, 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 a bodybuilder that's not really that muscular that has a lift. So you you've, you've uh, transitioned you've transitioned to one life to live now, and you know we often hear of actors not wanting to stoop and kind of feeling that daytime is beneath them. Uh, did you ever have that feeling? I had that feeling for a long time in my career. Um, I, I'm, I'm always honest, so I'll be honest about that. But the one thing I can say is that the actors that ever had hesitations about going to daytime have no idea how talented the actors on daytime television actually are. You, oh. you, give, me any, you give me any actor in Los Angeles that doesn't want to do daytime, and I'll ask them to, do, to memorize 50 pages in a day you bet. and come to set. And off one rehearsal, um, off one cold rehearsal, go to set and film 50 pages back to back to back to back on one take and have that first take aired on national television, and then we'll see who's the best actor. So it's, um, it, it was something I had no idea what I was getting into, but now when I come out of this, I know it's boot camp for actors. And it's... The most, it's a very talented crew. It's an amazing, I mean, the writers are writing 36,000 pages a year wow. of dialogue. Um, it, the, the, the crew films an entire movie, 120 pages a day. So basically the equivalent of a movie, of a feature-length movie. They film that a day. The actors uh, film that every day. It's, it's an amazing process. At 9 o'clock at night, we, or 7 o'clock at night, we leave. Another crew comes in, they break down the set, they build another set, you come back at 7 a.m., and the entire stage is different. Wow. Oh, wow. It's, it's a brilliant experience, and me as an actor, I, I would never, ever be as good as an actor as I'm going to be if I had not done this. Wow. That's a really great thing to say. And I, and I, and I had every hesitation about it. But at the end of the day, too, I also can look at, it's a show that's been on the air for 42 years that Tommy Lee Jones started on, that Ryan Felipe was on that has started and spurned so many careers, and also it's after, so all this sag talk doesn't really affect us. <laughs> you know, it's a great thing to, when you think that Tommy Lee Jones got his start on that show, 
Lawrence Fishburne got his start on that show. It's it's you know it's amazing the the talent that's gone through those doors. Because you can't be on a show like that and not be talented. Because it will show when you're on when you're on primetime television. It's the the process is made to create the highest quality show that they can make, and it then you take sometimes three four hours for one scene. You're shooting a master. You're shooting a close up. You're shooting a two shot. You're you're lighting it different. You're 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 filming in the most picturesque places. You're putting in the greatest music you can find. It's it's a you know it's a symphony of visual and audio. You know the combination of the visual and the audio. With us, we're having to tell a story every single day. So it's about getting the story out, and that's more important sometimes than what actually comes out. So it's upon us to work harder to try to make it as good as we can. And when it actually does work and everything comes together and you've done a beautiful scene and it's been shot beautifully and you know we, we were nominated for I think something like 16 daytime Emmys from writing to directing to two actresses um, one of the actresses I work with Bree is she plays three different characters on that show <laughs> and does it <laughs> yeah she has multiple personalities which <laughs> when you're looking at the story of it you're like okay that's a little far-fetched. But then when you look at her as an actress and you understand she's playing three different characters on this show and she's doing 50 pages a day and she's having to jump from one person to another to another, it's I, it's brilliant. And there's an, and another actual, I don't know if you guys actually know this, but it's probably not, nobody probably knows this because even the writers didn't know this. Melissa Claire Egan was nominated for a daytime Emmy her first appearance is in the pilot of One Tree Hill on the bus. And then she was in the um, the episode at Dan's house for the for the party. For uh, the, the smart girl. Party. You're a smart one. Nothing gets by you, does it? <laughs> <laughs> she was also on an episode of Dawson's Creek, so it's kind of like you guys have kind of gone like uh, from Dawson's Creek to One Tree Hill and and um, the soaps. It's kind of crazy. Exactly. She she came to my my agency and my my agent called me and he was like. Hey, I got this, uh, I'm looking at you right now, I'm watching you. I'm like, really? Yeah. He's like, well, this girl brought in her reel, and you're on her reel. I was like, really? I was like, who is that? And he goes, Melissa Claire Egan. I was like, oh, yeah, Melissa. I was like, she's really good. I was like, you should represent her. He said, well, we're, we're going to send her out on some things and see how it goes. Her first audition he sent her out on was All My Children. Wow. And she booked it, and now, I mean, look how far it's gone. So even, I mean, even One Tree Hill can attest to beginning of careers of possibly, I mean, possibly I, I, I'm pulling for Bree. I have to be loyal to my show, but I mean, I think it's even just getting nominated for a daytime Emmy is for an Emmy for any award of any sorts is an incredible accomplishment for an actor, but especially for one that started in a small market like I did. And I, I, I have nothing Absolutely. but admiration and, and she's a, and Melissa is a great actress and I, I'm so proud of her for that. And I, I think Mark should be proud of that that he helped her get here. Well, and Danielle, too, Danielle Harris, she was on One Life to Live before she went to One Tree Hill. She, like, we, uh, we switched. Yeah. We switched. <laughs> <laughs> she was also in Harold and Kumar, so come on. That, that's, that's, I mean, she was the most beautiful girl I've ever seen in Harold and Kumar. That's my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> well, you know, so let's as, not leave that out. As you were saying about, like, um, having to work every single day, you have sometimes they like, you have to get right back into the same mindset and the same character because for a whole week you could be filming, like, a continuation of the same scene. So 
Stephen, that's well, pretty crazy. We actually film. We actually film out of sequence, which is a whole other thing you have to consider. Is that say for in a week there's Monday through Friday. That's Monday will film Friday. You there? Yeah, we're there. Yes. Okay, there's some other voice. It's weird. One day okay. we'll film Fridays, and then the next day we'll film Wednesdays or Mondays, and then the next day we'll film Wednesdays. It's we don't film in sequence, so sometimes you don't always even know what came before or came after what you're filming. Oh, it's, wow. it's a process that you can never ever describe, but it's it's something that when you come out of it, I mean, you, you're basically you're having to focus on that scene and that moment, every moment that you work, and it just it makes you such a such a well-crafted, um, crisp actor. It's it's a I, I'm so glad that I did this. You know, it's it's funny you say that because I, I was going to ask you in terms of the way you construct your performances, how is filming a show like this in this way different from filming a primetime series like One Tree Hill? Um, when I came to set for One Tree Hill, I think I was young and I. I I myself have to admit that I wasn't the best actor that I will ever be. Um, I was I was a small town North Carolina theater trained actor, and that doesn't always translate well to to television and Hollywood and the big screen. And I have to credit my my acting coaches. James got me with Andrew McGarrion, who uh, was his acting coach, and Jonathan Tucker, and I think he trained. Uh, he also trained Evan Rachel Wood. He worked with Dakota Fanning. He's a, he's a good young, you know, he, he worked with a lot of young actors in Hollywood, and I went with him for a while. And then I switched to Jeremiah Comey, who's a great, I mean, I, I have to give every credit to him because he, he he turned me into the best actor I could be at this time in my life. And it, it gave me every confidence and every ability that I need to just to just trust myself and just, just be honest because that's the hardest thing for an actor to be is to be honest. <laughs> if you have to open up parts of yourself that you may not want the world to see and you may have to access things that you might not always want to access. But it's, it's our, our biggest job as an actor is to be honest and to be truthful. And he taught me how to be that. And, and right now he's doing, I mean, the, the actors that were in my acting class are that were unknowns a year ago. That are now, Jackson Rathbone, who's in Twilight. Jackson, uh, Kayla, <laughs> Jackson's my boy. Kayla Yule, who's now one of the leads of Vampire Diaries, about to come out in CW. Makad um, Brooks, who's a series regular on Twilight this year. He's on Desperate Housewives, and he was in my class. Um, I mean, it, the, the list goes on and on of the young actors in that class that are now all of a sudden, all of us are. Taryn, uh, Taryn Southern, who just sold her series to MTV. Um, it, there's, there's a... I don't know if that can be mentioned, but I saw the series on TV, but there's a lot of um, getting to work with these actors for a year and a half. That's, that's one of the greatest you know, abilities. That's one of the greatest unused resources a lot of actors in, in L.A. and everywhere uses. I got to work for a year and a half with Jackson and McCod and Kayla and all of these wonderful people in this acting class. And for a year and a half, you're working and you're working and you're getting better and you're getting better. And now all of a sudden, when when Macad pops or, or I, I come on screen or, or Jackson, it's all of the work that we've put in that nobody ever sees. You know, yeah. the, the, the 10 hours a week in acting class, the year and a half I went without working, 
that, that, yeah, I'm not working. The world doesn't see me, but I'm working every single day. I'm, Absolutely. I, I went on probably 250 auditions without booking a job. And that's part of what this business is, is that you can't quit. You can't give up. You have to keep believing in yourself because if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else will. Absolutely. And, and things, things eventually pay off, and you know, and and now you're on one life, and you're going to stretch your your acting, your acting uh, chops, such as dancing, like your cowboy oh, scene wow. and ultraviolet. That's that's amazing. Yes, I mean, that, you, had do, wow. you had to do something like that on Once Your Hill, the boy play auction. How do you always end up in scenes where they want you to dance and costume? <laughs> I have no idea. Maybe they just know who I am as a real person, and they just want to, they just want to give me a chance to show what I got. I, I mean, I guess I should probably send that tape into to, to Paramount for Footloose and see if I can get Kevin Bacon's part in the remake. I mean, if they haven't seen my dancing skills, they might need to. That's if I move over. Brett Clay was coming through. <laughs> He never did as good a dance move in a shirt with cowboy hat. Shirtless with a cowboy hat on. Uh, perfect for Footloose. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, now that you're, you're have to dance. And now that you're filming One Life to Live in the City, you know, like you were saying, you're from North Carolina, and then it was a whole new world when you went out to Los Angeles. But how are you getting used to the hustle and bustle of, of the city? You know, are there these special hangouts you like down there, over there, and stuff? I've met some good friends. Um, I, I I love New York City. New York City is a is a town that sometimes you go out and you hang out with friends and you wake up at eleven in the you know in the morning and you slept in a little bit and you're being a little lazy and then you look out the window and you see a thousand people hustling and bustling and working and it it inspires you to work harder. L. A. is a city that that people play a lot. You know, it's very social. It's go to the beach. It's go to the club. It's go here, go there, and it's it's a very fun place to live. In New York, people don't have as much fun. They just work. And so as an actor, it's a great place to be because there's great acting schools. There's, you know, a lot of shows being filmed. It's it's It just inspires me. New York inspires you. Yeah. Like New York inspires you. And, you know, um, most of your scenes on One Last Live are with Eileen Kristen, who is just, a soap legend, you know, what's it, what was it like working yeah. with her to do fun scenes with her? Roxy's one of my favorite characters. She is such a loving soul. She, I mean, I've, I've, it's been a hard transition for me because if you know my original on the show, I was hired to play Skylar. And right. through the process of just figuring everything out, we switched things up. We brought in Scott. They thought I was, you know, I, I might have looked too old to date star and when we started working together and with Kristen and so we went a different direction and it's, it's been an interesting process where we are now with the character and where the character is going and all the things that are going to be revealed and, and through the process of this it's, it's been it's been a difficult transition I mean you know part of the the under I guess, I guess the underplayed part of being an actor is the things that sometimes you just have to accept. Like one day I'm living in LA and then two weeks later I'm living in New York and I know two people, you know, but that's the choice right. I have to make for my career and that's what I got to do. And sometimes it's a difficult decision, but she's been an amazing resource and friend and she's so fun to work with because I honestly have never worked with an actor, an <laughs> actress more that you have no idea what's going to come out of her mouth. <laughs> she's, Never. She is the most unpredictable actress I've ever met, and it makes it so fun to work with her. I can imagine. 
It's great. It's 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 a it's an adventure every day with her. But she's such a good friend, and she she really cares about her work, and she really cares about who she works with. And you can't ever ask more of anyone. You know, she's hilarious because Roxy is kind of known for her for her mangled English, and and Eileen is the one who writes all that stuff, and so. It's, yeah, she it, comes it, up in, in so many different rehearsals. She'll come up with her own little lines. It's hilarious. I love it that she be... calls him Johnny McBain. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. She always puts a little spin on things. She's she's uh, she's someone I definitely am learning from. <laughs> so you you mentioned Scott Clifton coming on. You were originally slated to play his role, and I'm wondering how the change was presented to you, and if you were okay with it initially. Um. The change was presented to me as, okay, I got good news and bad news. <laughs> good news uh, bad news is you're not you're not uh, Skyler anymore. Good news is you're now Kyle. <laughs> okay. Um, actually, when they told me, he was like, they didn't even have the character's name. They just said, we're writing something for you. We're gonna figure it out. Um, he's like, I want you to meet the head writer. We're gonna we're gonna try to figure out something based around you. We want to keep you around. And it, it's really nice because normally in these situations on soaps, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. It's not yeah. like feelings. It's just and the fact that they wanted to keep me around and they've done, they've they've been so sincere and honest. Frank Valentini is an amazing executive producer. I I'm so blessed to be working with an executive producer like him, honestly, because he really is honest and open, and he really does care. And very few bosses in this business respect you as much as he shows respect for his actors. And in turn, that makes them respect him that much more. And he's absolutely he's been so honest and, and forthcoming. And and it's it's been a little bit of a process, but eventually we got an. Actually, that night I was supposed to. We were talking about me meeting the writer, and I went bowling straight from there. And I ended up bowling in the lane right next to Ron, who's the head writer of the show. <laughs> so in all of New York City, we end up right next to each other. Wow. And the next day, he called Frank, and he's like, "I got to watch Brad." He's like, "I know exactly what we're doing with the characters." So. <laughs> But you know your character. Your character is cool. It, it, he's a shady lab technician, you know. But he's holding the secrets of practically everybody in town. I mean, Star and Cold Baby. Um, he's actually the brother of of Rebecca, and you know you're keeping the identity of Re- Rex's father a secret. You know, once those all come to surface, as they're gradually becoming to surface now, do you think Kyle will be doing more scheming, or do you think it'll give him a chance to redeem himself? Um, Kyle. The, the way that we've discussed the character and the way that I'm trying to, to the, the way that I see him and I think the way that Kyle is kind of caught in this world that he's, that all of a sudden and what's going on right now, you kind of realize he got in a little over his head. Mm-hmm. You know, in Landview things happen, um, things are happening that are sometimes a little outrageous and he just kind of got caught up in it. And yeah. things got way out of control. I think he's a he's a kid with a good heart. He's a guy with a good heart, and he has a lot of secrets himself. And he uh, he's just struggling to 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 make a life for himself. And he saw an opportunity and he tried to take it and it backfired on him. So I don't think he's an evil character, um, an yeah. evil person. I just believe he represents the good and the bad in all of us because all of us are evil at some times. Well, my mom's been watching this show for years, and she just told me to tell you she thinks you should do everybody a favor and just get rid of Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> and I've heard that from more than one person. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but, well, 
So I think it'd be unfair to let Bree be the only blonde on the show. Come on. <laughs> we need more know. blondes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We're not huge fans of the stripper that ate Landview, so. <laughs> what has been your favorite scene to shoot on that show so far? Hello. You still there? You still there? Oh, you know what? We we lost him off the switchboard. I don't know if. Okay, maybe it was a cell phone that went out. Yeah. Uh oh, live radio. <laughs> don't you love it? And it was going so well. What a great guy he is. Let's see. Maybe he'll call back. I'm watching the switchboard. What a great guest, though. I mean, seriously, I love all his stories. Oh, most definitely. <laughs> yeah, he was talking about the Daytime Emmy Awards. The nominations just got announced last month. Yeah. Yeah. I think the awards are they're going to be held in, in uh, August, right? Yeah, August uh, 31st, I believe, the last day of the month out in L.A. I wonder if he's going to be attending. Maybe we'll ask him if he calls back. <laughs> I think I think all the New York shows love going out to L.A. for the Emmys and, and, you know, celebrating the industry and kind of getting out of the city for a bit and seeing how yeah. the other half lives, so to speak. Well, yeah, and the only ABC show, I think, um, only ABC soap that's even filmed in L.A. is General Hospital. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They had Port Charles a while back, but that got canceled, and, and All My Children in One Life are both filmed in New York, so... Still no sign of Brett. I hope we haven't lost him for good and we didn't even get to say goodbye. Yeah, let's see if we can we can get a hold of him. <clears throat> well, let's shoot the breeze. You saw fan questions, right? <laughs> yeah, there were there were um the the chat room finally has some action going on. Um, my friend Michelle from Palm Beach says that Brie Williamson so deserves the Emmy for supporting actresses. Um, he was talking about working with Brie earlier and how she how she's so good at delineating three different personalities on the show. Uh huh. Yeah, that was that was funny how he was talking about um, how different characters. <laughs> I loved what he was saying about Eileen Kristen, how he never knows what's going to come out of her mouth. And you can you can just watch her on that show, and you can completely imagine what he's talking about. I mean, how funny is she? And, you know, she's so talented. She's a singer. She's been on soaps for, for so long. Her her career, her such a long career on soap operas. And, you know, she's amazing. I love her. She's one of my favorite characters. I remember um, one year for Christmas, um, so she bought a bottle of, she got a bottle of enchantment perfume from all my children. <laughs> <laughs> on one life to live. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> you know, she makes it look so easy that you that it's it's sometimes it's sometimes easy to take for granted how good she really is because she makes it look so easy. She makes it look effortless. And she just, I mean, you wouldn't even think there was a script. You would think she was really <laughs> just just saying anything she wants, just making up anything she wants to say because it it's so natural coming from her. Exactly. It's the same with with uh, another guy who kind of comes and goes on that show, Tuck Watkins. He plays David. Oh. David Vickers, he's on Desperate Housewives now. Yes. Oh, he's so funny. Whenever he's on that show and he has his dialogue, it looks like he just thought it up that second and just spit it out. I mean, it's you can't hardly believe that there's even a script when he when he's on when he's on screen. Oh yeah, I kind of wish he had like I, like um 
like his plays well on um Desperate Housewives he plays a, a gay man and I kind of wish his partner sometimes re, re, uh, roles were reversed because I don't think a lot of people who watch Desperate Housewives know how funny he is. <laughs> <laughs> I heard on uh, recently on when he came back to One Life to Live he did um a hemorrhoids commercial. <laughs> <laughs> That was that was exciting. Still no sign of Brett <laughs> on the switchboard. I don't know if his if his cell phone battery died or or what happened. Well, when uh, when he was calling in, um, they said that he was trying to get good reception. Yeah. So you know, the joys of cell phones. It's like that Verizon commercial. <laughs> My friend Tony in the chat room just just informed me that David is coming back on the show this summer. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I think I had read that earlier. He's coming back to work with Dorian and and uh, uh, I guess Nora and I don't know some other people in the in the evolving Buchanan storyline. I guess. Oh, Dorian! She was a blast these last couple of weeks. <laughs> he's he, I I hear he's coming back. Uh, Brett's trying to trying to come back. Okay. So, let's see if we can get him back on. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, anything can happen on live radio. <laughs> Amen to that. I, I've I've been there. Believe me. Just like a live television on the MTV Movie Awards, I think the they're saying like recently there was like a skit I think between um. Sasha Baron Cohen as his alter ego, Bruno, on the MTV yep. Movie Awards. And there was some alter, altercation between him and um, the rapper Eminem on the show. And now they're saying it was staged and it looked really real. I don't know. <laughs> you probably have to YouTube that. Brett, are you back on the line? I am back on the line. <laughs> we Good lost to have you, brother. Back. <laughs> Tim's back. <laughs> Okay, so uh, okay, go ahead. Wait, let's talk about let's continue talking about one life to live. You know, like what have been some of your favorite uh scenes to shoot? Um, on one life I mean I worked with Bob Woods in a day, uh one day that that's one of my favorite scenes just because he's such a giving actor and he's such a you know, in the soap world he's he's such a kind of a legend and he's he's a really, really talented and giving actor, so that's definitely one of my favorite days and I really like working with uh, Melissa and and John Brotherton. Um, I really like working with that couple because they're they're really fun people, but they're also really talented. I mean, I, I just enjoy the whole process. I pretty much enjoy every day I work on set because it's such a challenge. I think. Well, you know, as you said, because you often only get one take at at you know nailing your scenes. Has your skill set expanded in, in the time that you've been at One Life to Live in terms of being an actor? Um, absolutely. I mean, leaps and bounds. Uh, everything now is about, you know, like I was saying before, when I used to work, it was there was a lot. There was an improvisational aspect to a lot of what I did on One Tree Hill. Um, you know, I kind of show up on set and I kind of just try to get a feel for what was going on and try to figure out how to make create the most humor out of what was going on. And with what I do now, I have to do a lot of work before I come to set. A lot of what I do is the preparation and the scene study and breaking the script down in the moments while I'm on set. So now um, it, it's, it's just changed my approach as an actor. 
and I think it's really improved my work as an actor also. Wow. Are you open to doing another soap? Um, you know, let's get through the first one. <laughs> I don't really... <laughs> I don't even want to look that far down the road. I mean, I'm auditioning for some films right now, and I kind of just am learning as the older I get in my career that I, I want to appreciate what I have and be satisfied with that and always be working as hard as I can for what I want, you know, and, and, for, and for where I see myself as an actor. But I'm I'm very happy where I am, and, and uh, you know, I hope I stay there for a while. We do too. I think you've got a you've got a terrific character to play, and you're doing a really great job with with what you've been given so far. Thank you very much. And it's it's uh, trust me, you'll probably have a phone call in a few months because it's going to get much more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, we've got a couple of fans on the line who'd like to say hello. Do you mind taking a couple of calls? Not at all. Area code seven seven two. You're on the line with with uh, Brett Claywell. Hello. Seven seven two. Speak. <laughs> seven seven two is being shy. Okay, they just hung up. Never mind. <laughs> Scratch that. That was my mom. <laughs> so, what's on the horizon yeah, like, for uh, Brett Claywell? You you mentioned uh, some some movies. You've got One Life still going strong. Um, what's in the pipeline for you? What do you see out on the horizon? Um. Well, there's you know there's a lot of a lot of what we do as actors is we can't really talk about what's going on. Um, and then what's being offered and what's being considered before it's actually uh, locked down. Um, I, I, I mean, what I would love to do if I had any choice, I'd love to do a Jet, Jet Apatow film. Oh, wow. um, I'd, I'd really love to do some sort of improvisational comedy. Um, and, and a lot of what's going on in that camp with Seth Rogen and, and oh, that yeah. whole crew over there and even funnierdie.com. I mean, I, I think that's something that eventually I will foray into and, and I'll be able to, to show, you know, some different sides of myself that maybe people don't expect. But I, but in my normal life, improvisationally, I'm, I'm, I, I like to think that I'm a pretty funny guy and a lot of people around me seem to think that I'm a pretty funny guy also. So I really look forward to that. And we were we were talking a little bit about how the, um, the Emmy Awards, you know, they will be this summer. Are you going to go out to and support the When I Live at the awards? Absolutely, and I, I, I'm, I'm hope, I mean, I, I think I have to, considering it's being aired on the CW, <laughs> and I'm on daytime. It, it kind of seems like I'm obligated to be there, because <laughs> I might be one of the only actors, Melissa and I might be one of the only actors out there that have actually, you know, that, that, have, that have been working on both. They should make you a presenter. You know, 33 episodes on CW. <laughs> they should make you a presenter. That's oh, yes. actually something that I'm probably going to try to be. I, I, I hope that I do get to. I would love to present. That'd be exciting. Yeah. It would be very fun. I tell you what, 773 is back. Let's try it one more time. Area code 773. You're on the line with Brett Claywell. Hi. Hi, how are you? Hi. Who is this? Rita. Well, hey, Rita, how are you? Long time no see. Absolutely. How are you doing? I bought this cell phone just special for this. <laughs> How are you? That's sweet. Oh, uh, Brandon, is is it okay that I can ask you a couple questions before you leave? Because there's a lot of things I want to say to Brett. Yeah, it's fine. 
Absolutely. Um, Go ahead. But I want to I want to thank you for what you said about daytime shows, daytime actors, because I got a whole lot of. Are you still there? Yes. Yeah, we're here. Go ahead. Yeah, I got a whole lot of actors that I have a whole lot more respect after seeing daytime. Um, in fact, one of the actors that moved from daytime to nighttime even admitted, he says, oh, I know this is a, a chance in a lifetime, but I know I'm not going to be able to do is use as many of my acting abilities. And this was an actor I had. In fact, this is an actor that got me hooked uh, and more respect for daytime. Um, I don't know if you've heard of him, um, uh, Las Vegas, and and win a date with Ted Hamilton. Josh, Josh, Josh Duval. Yeah, yeah. Josh, I, I played Paul Oh, it was him in the league. He 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 was just picked out of a crowd as a model. I mean, yeah. you could see why he'd stand out in the crowd, and that and that's how he got landed the part of Leo. And he showed me all the different things that you do on daytime. People do not see the strong performances and all the work that goes into when the, they they write the different storylines. Like you were saying with your coworker, um, Tess, we're looking at the character, and people will say, oh, this, this, and this. But they're not looking at the acting that goes behind the strength and how she has to change from best the the gatekeeper to test the oh well even trying to bring reason to them and they're not looking at all these details and what I I have the utmost respect for One Tree Hill as a nighttime show I I I'm I'm really strong into One Tree Hill and 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 Courtney <laughs> I, I hope they're not going to kill off what what is um uh can't think of her name right now. <laughs> the the one that's pregnant. Oh, Peyton. Peyton, yeah. Yeah, Hillary's left the, the show. Same without her. Oh, please yeah. don't kill her off. Please no, don't she, kill she her is. off. She left the show, but she said that she'd be open to doing um, guest appearances next season. Well, so they're not killing her off then. No, they're not killing her off. She just, she, she just left. strong performances for a nighttime show, but I was going to ask you, Brett, what's the, what what is the the difference in the in the demands when you were doing the nighttime as doing the daytime? Because, like you were saying, one whole day could be the equivalent of a movie because of all the different acting abilities you're able to do. Absolutely. So, so what what is the what is the difference? And you know, like like people don't understand this a character that loves to be hated. And and I agree with you, Stacy. Stacy wins the award for most evil. <laughs> I think she's even beat Dory. And I've said that about. I think I said that to the one that plays Adriana. <laughs> Stacy wins the prize. Um, Kyle and I don't understand. I don't understand why they're saying, are you planning on scheming? You weren't the one doing the scheming. You were the one that they were all begging you to scheme for. You were the one that was trying to keep to your profession. So why are they asking you if you're going to do any more scheming? What do you mean by that? 
I think when when he when we were talking about about scheming, it's um, more so when um, he you know he was giving Natalie and Jared enough time, but he wanted money. Like his character wanted money as compensation, so that he wouldn't release the truth about Star and Cold's baby. And you know the same thing with uh, Roxy and Rex's father, and and Stacy donating um, bone marrow for Shane. Well, I don't think. See, that's what I mean. That's not scheming. They're the ones that are doing the scheming. They're oh, the yeah. ones that didn't want the father, Rex, to find out his real father. And I don't know who that could be other than Mitch Lawrence. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know who could be evil. There's nobody eviler than Mitch Lawrence. Yeah, See, but you would, th- and you, would, with- you would think yeah. that um, Jared and Natalie would have learned their lesson from the Nash debacle, you know. But no, yeah. they're, still do- they're back at it again. And and here there's, they just don't want anything more to happen to Jessica. I can understand that. But you, Brett, you're just, Kyle is just, you wanted money. <laughs> you wanted money to keep your mouth shut. You wanted to go about your business and keep the, you know, the ethics, keep your ethics in straight. So all you were asking for, what you you owe money for something, though, don't you? <laughs> I tell you what, Rita, we've actually lost Brett again. He's got a he's got a uh, a not too strong um, cell phone oh, connection. Oh, good. Well, let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. I I want to know if you or Joanne could put the word out because I I heard Manhattan is only able to be downloaded, um, and you can't buy it in the stores. And you know, I don't have I'm computer illiterate. Jenna's my Spinelli, <laughs> my only Spinelli. <laughs> What, 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 can you, what you put ask? the word? Well, Manhattan. Manhattan's a movie that you can only download. You can't right. buy it in the stores. No, but, you, and you I can... have some rewards from Best Buy that I'm, I only feel safe using it for um, movies or something because they're not a very good, well, we won't even yeah, go you, there. You can actually buy the, the physical DVD, Rita, but you can only buy it online. Um, I, I don't think it's available in stores. I'm actually going to put you on hold, Rita, and uh, let's wait and see if Brett calls back in, okay? So just uh, just hang tight on hold for a bit. But, yes, you can actually buy a physical DVD, but you can only buy it online. You can't actually go to a store and buy it, uh, as far as I know. But you can buy it from Amazon. You can buy it from, from uh, 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 I'm sure, BestBuy.com or BarnesandNobles.com. Um, so check those. And I'm going to put you on hold, and let's see if, if Brett calls back in a third time. Or um, if he just wants to give up, what do you what do you think, Courtney? Let's see. Let's give him a couple minutes. Okay. Cell phones. Yeah. <laughs> Cell phones and live so, radio. Don't you love it? It goes so smoothly, and then we lose him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he the 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 line had a bunch of static at the beginning, but but it cleared up fairly fast, and his connection seemed pretty strong throughout. So I don't know if it's. I don't, know, I, don't know maybe. The, I don't know what the problem is, but anyway. Well, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, what a great guy, though. Oh, and so many great stories. I mean, this, I, you know, I didn't doubt it for a second, but I, I was really looking forward to the show, and I'm glad it lived up to, to all of my hopes because it was it was a really fun show. Actually, I think I learned more. I learned so much more about him, so it was definitely. Absolutely, uh, um, and you know it, it's so funny because he, he doesn't have a a huge filmography to to kind of pull questions from. So 
you know, it's it, it was really fun talking to him about his process and about how he came to be an actor and and you know what his what his hopes for his for his career were when he started and and how things have changed along the way. It's been it was really interesting listening to to him talk about that stuff. Yeah, it, it was. Um, like when he was talking about um, how he got started on One Tree Hill and how the the role was actually not what he was like for lack of a better word, like what he was supposed to play, but then it all ended up working out for the best and he became such a fan favorite. Tim was definitely one of my favorite characters on the show. Yeah, a lot of people's favorite character. I mean, you know, he's one of those one of those recurring characters, kind of like that happens on soaps, you know, one of those recurring characters that you look forward to their, to the next appearance. Yeah, hopefully we can, you know, get him back for a couple of minutes to talk about, you know, close out and ask if he has any more projects coming up. I yeah. got some questions from some fans asking if he was doing any more movies. I think he was saying something about um, going on auditions when we were talking about him starring on another soap opera. He was mentioning how he was on some auditions for some films right now. Yeah. So we hear that he's trying to get back. Okay. <laughs> it would at least be nice to say a proper farewell. Yes, we would like to do that. <laughs> what are the odds, right? <laughs> As we said, live radio and cell phones, it's a it's a deadly combo. I feel like I should tell jokes, you know? <laughs> if I was prepared for this, I would have a couple of good like good jokes. I don't know if I could actually say them on the radio, so maybe I should like not <laughs> take that idea out of my head. While we're waiting, I want to tell everybody that you can you can find the show in a variety of different ways. You can find it from its official website, www.blogtalkradio.com slash Brandon's Buzz. Uh, there you can listen to the show. You can uh, listen to and download old shows. You can send me an email. You can tell me what you like. You can leave comments. You can do all sorts of things. That's at www.blogtalkradio.com slash Brandon's Buzz. That's the show's official website. Um, you can also find me at my blog, brandonsbuzz.com. There's a full radio archive there. Uh, just click on the radio button at the top of the page, and you can see all my previous episodes, um, and you can listen to them, and you can also see the great banners that my pal Joanne has made to uh, promote the show on my blog. That's at brandonsbuzz.com. You can also find the show on iTunes. I'm on iTunes, guys. Um, just type in Brandon's Buzz in the iTunes Music Store search box, scroll down to the podcast section, click on my logo, and you can download old uh, shows as individual podcasts, or you can subscribe to the show and have each, individ- and have each new episode um, download immediately to your iTunes library the minute it's uploaded to the iTunes Music Store. So just Google Brandon's Buzz. There's, you know, there's, I'm all over the web, so there's no excuse not to be able to find me or my show or my blog. Um, I also want to encourage you to check out my co-host Courtney's two websites, fanvasion.com, it's a great online magazine, which she told us is is getting a, a, a fancy new relaunch on July 4th. So check that out. And you can also check out uh, her and her sister's baby, OneTreeHillWeb.net. It is the most comprehensive uh, fan site for the, for the series One Tree Hill that you could ever possibly imagine. I mean, they have, every, they have a full music archive over there. They have great interviews. They have all kinds of articles and, and message boards and you know, kind of fun interaction with the fans, and it's really, it's it's one of the greatest fan sites for a television series that I've ever seen in my life, uh, and I encourage you to check out those two things as well, and there are links to those two things on my blog, brandonsbuzz.com. Um, anything you want to toss in there, Courtney? 
I think you just said it all. I mean, you, you just <laughs> you just sold our website better than I could. <laughs> but I also encourage you all to check it out. <laughs> what he said. <laughs> no, but yeah, the, the launch is going to be exciting. So definitely, definitely stay stay locked to, to fanvasion.com. And even when you when you go to download off, um, Brandon's Buzz old shows off iTunes, make sure you download the interview with me and Nelly. Absolutely, yes. They were on the show a couple of months ago talking about their site, OneTreeHillWeb.net, and talking about their love of the show, and and uh, it was a really great interview, and that's how I got hooked up with these guys. And, and uh, as I said at the top of the show, we're hoping to do more such collaborations like this because uh, I've had great fun putting this all together. I also want to give a quick shout-out to a great lady by the name of Loretta Jamar, who um, works with Courtney and Nelly at Fanvasion, and she really did all the behind-the-scenes legwork getting this all put together, and I want to thank her uh, very much for that because she worked very hard setting all this up for us. Absolutely. I, I say thank you, too. <laughs> She's fantastic. I've, I've had great fun talking with her the past couple of weeks, trading emails and, you know, uh, kind of negotiating all the all the behind-the-scenes stuff uh, regarding this this show and this interview. So let's see if um, we can get him back. Okay. We, lo- we lost him. um <laughs> Not too long ago, you know, for those just tuning in now, <laughs> Brett was on, <laughs> and he he talked about um, maybe we can recap what he talked about a little bit. Yeah, he talked about yeah, how he got he his start. How he got involved with One Tree Hill, mm-hmm. and um, now he's currently starring as Kyle Lewis on the ABC soap One Life to Live. So you can check that out every day at um, two o'clock on ABC. Yeah, and again on Central. Yes, and at 9 p.m. on SoapNet. Absolutely. Oh, SoapNet! I love SoapNet. <laughs> SoapNet is great, even though it's even though it's evolved uh, uh, dramatically from what it started out as. It's still oh, a yeah. great, great. And you can check out reruns of his old show, One Tree Hill. So he's all over SoapNet. Yeah, One Tree Hill. I, I, I they keep changing the schedule around for One Tree Hill on SoapNet. So as soon as like we have the date going, SoapNet goes and changes it up. I think right now it's still currently airing at 1 and 2 p.m. Okay. On that, I think I think that is. And don't they do like, yeah. don't they do weekend marathons and, and Oh yeah, they're having a, a twist and pout marathon coming up on June seventh. Okay. I guess it's gonna be all dancing episodes, so I'm sure a couple of Brett's episodes will be airing. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Footloose. Imagine. And One Tree I... Hill season six DVDs are coming out in August, correct? Yes, I believe it's August twenty fifth. And uh, do we have in, do we have any information about what the extras are and what the special features are? Are, there, are they doing Brett, commentaries again, or, or? I, I believe they are doing commentaries, and I think there should be some deleted scenes. And um, I'm not sure if there's a gag reel. I think it's a possibility. But um, yeah, and actually, other than season six, season seven will be starting this fall. I think a lot of people don't know if it's 100% coming back, but it is. Yes. It and is. Um, there will be three new characters that will be you know taking the place of. Chad Michael Murray and Hillary Burton's role, and Brian Austin Green from Beverly Hills 90210, which you know most people know him by. There's a they're saying he's going to be playing Clayton, Nathan's agent. So yeah. that sounds exciting. Yeah, it'll be fun to get some new blood and some some kind of fresh air into the show. Yeah, every, everyone's pretty much looking at this Chad and Hillary departure as negative, but you know it could be a nice change. You know, sure we'll we'll miss them and we still want them on the show, but you never know how it how it'll be for it. Absolutely. Who's going to do the voiceovers from now on? Is it is it going to be oh, James wow. now? Oh wow! Oh, I didn't even think about that. Um, 
Oh, wow. You know, Chad know. narrates almost every show, so. I wonder if they're going to, like, I don't think they're going to scrap it all completely. They probably will have, like, maybe Haley doing a couple, like, maybe Joy will do some, and then yeah. James will do some, and maybe, like, you know, I like it when Lee does them, when we get to hear a little bit of mouth, because he kind of speaks like Lucas about certain things, so I don't know. How about Bethany? Bethany was working on an album. How? What is the status of that? Do we know? I think she's still still working on an album. Last time I spoke to her, she said she was still working on one, but she's actually in a band, like a duo, um, called um, Everly. Okay. So you yeah, can they, buy you can buy yeah. their EP. Sure. Yeah, they're they're awesome. And talk about somebody who who did the opposite thing that Brett did. She started out in soap. She started out on, on Guiding Light. She had a huge, a hugely successful run on Guiding Light four or five years, and then she went to primetime. Did she play dual roles as well? uh, Not dual roles necessarily. She started out as uh, a teenage version of one of their main characters, and it was about a week-long part. And the producers were so impressed with her that that when uh, their their leading younger character, the woman uh, uh, who was playing that role, left the show, she took it over. So they actually brought her back in a different role. So it wasn't really a dual role necessarily, but she had two different parts on the show. So. Well, that, that's another great thing about soap operas. You can leave the show and come back as someone completely different. <laughs> like like on um, General Hospital right now, Sarah Brown used to play Carly Curnthos, so and now she's come back on the show years later to play a completely different role. Uh-huh. So the fans are the so easy going, we just go right along with it. It's <laughs> We're so used even, to They do it on One Life to Live, too, I believe. They have um, a lot of characters come on, and then they leave the show, and then they come back. And then yeah, yeah, so yeah. Soap operas are very creative that way. And like he was saying, that you know, you can get like a whole script, it's like I'm filming a movie in one week. And, you know, the, the way they do soaps now, it's, it, it, you know, in the old days, they used to do an episode at a time. And, and now, as Brett was kind of alluding to, he didn't really get to it all the way. But uh, most soaps now are filmed by sets instead of by, by scenes. So they'll do like like three or four days' worth of one set. And then they'll they'll move on to the next set and then the next set and then, you know, over time they'll assemble uh, an episode based on what they filmed. So it's it's really a yeah, radical a radical reinvention of the of the production model. And what an amazing crew! I mean, you they have to set down, and the very next day it'll be all back up again. That's working around the clock for soaps. Yeah. Well, we just got word that Brett probably won't be calling back in, so I guess we don't get a proper farewell with him, but. But we had a great he, time talking to him. Yeah, if he is listening, we had a great time talking to you, and we want you to know that you are welcome at Brandon's Buzz and at Fanvasion and OneTreeHillWeb.net anytime you like to discuss anything you like. You're a great guy, and you had some great stories, and we look forward to, to watching you uh, evolve into your future, and we, we welcome you back here anytime. Absolutely. It was great talking to him today. And, Courtney, it was great fun talking to you. I, I It was a pleasure welcoming you as my special guest co-host. And we're going to have to do this again soon because this was a blast. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's always fun talking to you. <laughs> so I, I, uh, uh, I want to tell everybody one more time, Fanvasion.com relaunches on July 4th. It's a great online magazine. Check it out. Interviews, articles, all kinds of fun things. Uh, it's really a great read, and I encourage you to check it out. And also OneTreeHillWeb.net, the spectacular um, uh, fan site devoted to One Tree Hill, created by my co-host Courtney and her sister Nellie. Great guys. Um, I also want to tell you about my show coming up next week. I've got singer Billy Vera on Tuesday. Uh, that show has been has been off and on the schedule for the past month. Um, he's he's had some some work um, 
some last-minute work issues come up that have prevented him from being on the show, but uh, he's slotted for next Tuesday, and hopefully it's going to come off this time. Um, the week of June 15th, I've got shows with singer Brenda Russell from Piano in the Dark, and that one's been rescheduled. That was supposed to happen today, but she had some, some uh, personal conflict come up, so we rescheduled for the week of June 15th. Uh, I believe it's on June 16th that we're aiming for. And on June 17th, I've got soap journalist uh, Michael Fairman. The week of June 22nd, I've got actress Terry Garber from North and South 100 years ago, from Santa Barbara 100 years ago. She's a great, great actress. And I've also got actress Beth Maitland coming back with her, uh, with her current um, uh, 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 business partner, Joel Brooks. They have started a, uh, an online audition course for burgeoning actors called Auditions LA, and she's coming on with Joel to tell us all about that. That's the week of June 22nd. So all kinds of things lined up here at Brandon's Buzz. Uh, a great relaunch pending at fanvasion.com on July 4th. So uh, please check us both out. Uh, Courtney, anything else you want to say? No, I'm, I'm excited um, for the launch, and I hope everybody makes sure they check in on July 4th. The sky won't be the only place that has fireworks, and that was lame, I know, but <laughs> <laughs> but definitely, yeah, come check it out. Check so as corny as I am. <laughs> <laughs> thank you one more time to Courtney. Thank you one more time to Nellie and Loretta at fanvasion.com. Uh, thank you one more time to Brett Claywell, and keep listening. As I said, you can find me at iTunes. You can find me at brandonsbuzz.com. You can find me at my show's website, www.blogtalkradio.com slash brandonsbuzz. Uh, this is Brandon signing off. One more episode of Brandon's Buzz in the can. Please stay tuned for Brandon's Buzz. I'm Joan Van Ark, and the buzz is on Tuesday. <laughs> so if you feel that you just can't take it, and your world isn't what it seems, don't forget that life can be what you make it, better when you live on a street of dreams. Hey, this is Nia Peoples, and you're with Brandon's Buzz. Place to be. Hi, this is Peggy Scott Addison. Guess what? I am buzzing with my man Brandon on Brandon Buzz. This is Michael Brainerd on Brandon's Buzz. Are you buzzed? This is Maya Bialik, and you are lucky enough to be listening to Brandon's Buzz. Well, I'm sorry that it, it, it ended the way it did, but I had such fun talking to you. Thank you so oh, much. Oh, it was for... definitely a lot of fun. I, I, I don't. I wonder, you know, how what happened. I don't know if he just. I, I have a sense he finally just gave up with his with his uh, uh, failing cell phone. I don't know if. Maybe maybe um, he really didn't understand the question, and when he was trying to hold out, it ended up cutting off with Rita. Yeah, that that could be. That could be it. Well, anyway, I um, hopefully we can we can find a way to kind of get with them and, and get some promos recorded for for oh, my yeah, show that, for, for your website. I was mostly disappointed with that. I would have loved I, to have gotten one of those. I know, yeah. You know, I've been trying to get a full collection of all my guests because it's it's a really great thing to it's a really great way to promote my show and and you know I, every time I log on to wondrialweb.net, there's a new one that 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 plays whenever you log on to that site too. So it's oh yeah, we're getting ready to um, actually add Hillary Burton, Kate Bogle. Um, Excellent. Excellent. Uh, oh yeah, I'm drunk. I'm mind blank. I swear there's more people, but 
Mark Schwann actually recorded a really great one while we were in New York. And then as soon as we went to play it back, it like deleted right there because I think he pressed the wrong button. So he tried to redo it and he did like a blooper and everything. It was hilarious. He, like, he used some, he, he kind of, you know, he used a little bit of bad language when he said check on the website. He's like, oh no, you can change it. You can redo it. It was hilarious. But yeah, no, it was great talking to the. It did go really smoothly. Oh, until I it was a, great. a couple of glitches, but like we said, live radio. It's okay, you know. Once we once we got into the swing of it, it was fantastic. And you know, we got more than we didn't. So. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I, I, I hope I, hopefully I can get back into with him though, and um, thank him on behalf of both of us. Absolutely. All right. Well, I'm gonna go scrounge up some dinner. So. I think I'll do the same. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for hanging out, and thank thank Loretta one more time for me because she I really will. some hard work on behalf of both of us, and I appreciate it. I will, and thank you. So I'll be in contact soon. Brian Greenberg. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> All right, bye-bye. Bye.